So I've only got an hour. Um, joking, joking. Everyone's going, the turkey. Hopefully, if you've got an automatic oven, this is where it pays off. But uh, no, I'm going to very, very briefly look at joy to the world. But before we do that, by way of tradition, we've got to tell the worst cracker jokes. This is according to the Times, 2017's worst cracker jokes. Are you ready? Get your thinking caps on. Okay, so what does Santa suffer if he gets stuck up a chimney? Claustrophobia. So quick. It's a bit early, isn't it? What do they sing at a snowman's, snowman's birthday party? That is actually a very good answer. That is one answer. The other one is, freeze a jolly good fellow. They get worse. How did Scrooge win the game of football? Um, he insulted people. <laughs> he insulted. That's in character. Or the ghost of Christmas past. This one keeps coming up, okay? This is one of my favorites. What did Adam say to his wife the day before Christmas? It's Christmas Eve. Yay. Oh, dear. They get worse. What athlete is the warmest in winter? Well done. A long jumper. Oh, dear. What is the most popular Christmas wine? No. No. I don't like Brussels sprouts. Thank you. Do you know what? Some of these, you'll be sitting over your Christmas dinner and it'll be like, ah, ah. What do the snowflakes say to the fallen leaf? Yes, so last season. <laughs> Terrible. Okay, a couple more and then we'd better get on. Okay. Did you hear what happened to the man who stole an advent calendar? Um, he got 24 days. Who had an advent calendar this year? Very good, very good. They're getting harder to get hold of. Apparently their days are numbered. <laughs> anyway, happy Christmas, everyone. It's lovely to have you with us. We love celebrating Christmas with our family. Love getting to the heart of what this is all about. It's celebrating the grace of God in Christ Jesus. As I said, we're going to be looking at joy to the world. Possibly one of the best loved carols of all time. Everyone has their favourites, but this one keeps coming top of the charts. And it was written by, by the hit maker of hymns, really, Isaac Watts. Uh, he, he penned such classics as When I Survey the Wondrous Cross, but it was inspired by his study of Psalm 98. And if after you've eaten your Christmas meal and you've watched the Queen's speech and you've stuffed your face with chocolates, why not have a look at the lyrics of Joy to the World in parallel with Psalm 98, and you'll see some common threads. It's quite a nice little study to do. In fact, you can then parallel that to Mary's Magnificat, her song of glory and praise back to God when she receives the news that she was to bear 
the saviour of the world. Have a look at those three in parallel. You'll see some common threads. It's quite a nice way of doing it. Psalm 98 says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant, so- jubilant song with music. It's what we've been doing this morning, haven't we? You know, in fact, this, this, this carol was never meant to be a Christmas song. It kind of just got adopted into the, the canon of, of carols that we know and love at Christmas time. But at, at Christmas, we celebrate the reason for our joy. And I don't need, you don't need me to tell you really that our joy is not in the gifts that we've received or are yet to open, however wonderful they are. Our joy is not rooted in our family times, however wonderful they are. Our joy is not rooted in the lifted spirits and the lights and the decorations because all that quickly fades. And if your joy is rooted in all that, then your joy too will fade. Explains why January is, is statistically the most depressed month of the year because Christmas is gone. What's there to look forward to now? It's one of the reasons why it's also the time of year where everyone books their summer holidays. January, everybody books their summer holidays because it's like, I need something to look forward to, something in the calendar. Yet this carol hits it right on the head where our joy lies by telling us our joy is because the Lord has come. Joy to the world The Lord is come. Let heaven and earth receive her king. In his coming, God showed us how much he loved us. If you ever doubt that you are loved and you're accepted by God, just keep coming back to the Christmas story. Keep looking at the incredible gift in the manger. He loved us enough to leave the splendor of heaven. He loved us enough to to lay his life down for us on the cross. He loved us enough to bear the weight of our own shame and our sin. He loved us enough to show us how to live and how to love one another. It's a story of love. It's a story of of a great king who fell in love with a peasant girl. Classic story. She had no education, no royal pedigree. How could someone in his position reveal his love to someone like her? How could he bridge the chasm of status and position that separated them? How could he do that? Well, he... he, He could use his power and his authority. He was king after all. And he could command her to love him, command her to marry him. He's the king. He can do what he wants. Yet that wouldn't be a love from the heart. That would be just an obedience based in fear. That's not what he was after. He was not after some kind of forced submission. Yet another thing, well, maybe he could use his wealth and his connections and just shower her with gifts and and, and favors and, and dress her up like a queen, elevate her to his standing and his status. Yet how would he know that her love was for him and not for all the status and the gifts? And the lifestyle. 
His advisors told him, look, forget about it. Forget about this love. Choose someone more suitable for you. Choose someone more suitable for your status and your standing. Yet nothing could stop him pursuing this love. There was only one solution that he could think of to really get the heart of his beloved. And that was to remove his crown, to remove his royal robes, and to leave his palace and move into her village and embrace her life, to become a peasant like her, to woo her, to fight for her, to protect her, to win her. That is the story of Christmas. God left the throne of heaven and came down to our level. He emptied himself of his divine status to unite us with him forever. He's not after obedience based in fear. He's after a love that's in response to his love. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Perfect love casts out all fear. You know, I love the fact that one of the most common commands God gives to mankind in the scripture is do not fear. Another one of the most common commands is to rejoice. This is what God says to us time and time again. Do not fear. Why? Because he has come. And rejoice. Why? Because he has come. God wants us to know a joy that's not some super spiritual, deep down, in theory, I am joyful. You know, some people say, well, happiness is different to joy. Actually, in Scripture, the two words are completely interchangeable. You know, people say, well, happiness is based on circumstances. Joy is based on, it's irrelevant to circumstances. Actually, I would argue that both are the same and both are based on circumstances. The key is finding the truth in your circumstances. And if you are in Christ, your circumstances are awesome, are awesome. It's not some sort of super spiritual, joyless, emotionless joy. It's rooted in the love of God and in the grace of God. It's getting a right perspective of our circumstances. That doesn't mean we dismiss any suffering and pain we're going through. You know, as you read through the Gospels, Jesus was, can empathize with our suffering and with our pain. But he knew a joy, a real joy, not some theoretical joy, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. This is a tangible, real joy that we can experience in Christ through his Holy Spirit. And he wants us to be joyful. He wants us to know a joy that doesn't fade like Christmas celebrations. He left the splendor of heaven and came to us. God, Emmanuel, God with us. Our joy is also in the fact that he rules with truth and with grace. In all the, the fake news and lies that are around at the moment, aren't you glad that we 
have a God who rules with truth. And with grace, he doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. He is good and he is righteous and he is in control. And joy comes when we receive him as king. It's a joyless life trying to fight his rule because he wants us to be joyful. Let heaven and earth receive her king. We need to make room for him as king in our hearts. It's probably one of the reasons why this carol was adopted. Sorry, this chorus, this hymn was adopted as a carol because it says, let every heart prepare him room, just mirroring the time when there was no room for Jesus that first Christmas. In contrast, let every heart prepare him room. Peace comes when we allow room for the King of Kings into our hearts. Our joy is rooted in the fact that God came. It's rooted in the fact that he rules with truth and grace. Our joy is also rooted in the future. We don't just need to book holidays in the summer to look forward to something. We have something far greater to look forward to. The truth that one day this king will come again. This time not as a baby in a manger, but actually as a judge, a righteous judge. He will make the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. Again, it just ties in with Psalm 98 and verse 9. It says, he will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity, equal, righteous. One day, all the sin and wickedness that we see in the world will be judged and he will make all things new. This is where our hope, this is where our joy lies in the future. We sing for joy, looking forward to the day Jesus will return, when every nation, tribe and tongue will bow the knee and prove the glories of his righteousness. For those who worship Jesus as King and Savior, you can know the wonders of his love. As I said, a love that casts out fear. Fear of what tomorrow will bring. Fear of what 2018 will bring. Perfect love casts out anxiety and fear. And you can know that suffering and mourning will come to an end. Joy will come in the morning. You can know this hope of an inheritance that will never perish, spoil, or fade. I mentioned uh, Glenn Shrivener yesterday. And I was reading one of his reflections, and I just want to read out a portion of it now, because it really spoke to me. As you come to the manger, there in the face of Christ, you see not only the Father's self-giving love, there in the manger is your humanity laid hold of by Emmanuel. There is your life hidden with Christ. And his victory is your victory. His future is your future. His righteousness is your righteousness. His joy is your joy. God has gotten hold of you permanently, irreversibly. Christmas guarantees it. In many ways, as I said, this carol reflects Mary's 
response to the news that could potentially ruin her future, potentially kill her, and yet she trusted in her Lord and in her Savior. And her response was one of hope and one of joy. This is what she said, just a portion of it. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is for those who revere him from generation to generation. So as we celebrate Christmas today, let's enjoy the festivities, let's enjoy the celebrations, enjoy time off work, but most of all, enjoy Jesus our true source of joy. Joy to the world. We are loved, folks. We are forgiven. We have a hope and a future in Christ. And nothing can separate us from that. Shall we worship the King of Kings together? We're going to finish by standing and singing Joy to the World.